Let's, uh, let's read from 1 Corinthians 11, and these are the words of Paul. This is in verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then uh, just turn with me for a moment to John 20. And this is, uh, this is after the resurrection And it says in verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Um, so the first passage that we read um, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is reminding the Corinthian church about what happened at Passover when Jesus gave to the church this, communion. And Paul said this, whenever you meet together and do this, do this in remembrance of Jesus. So twice, Jesus used that word, remember. Can everyone say remember? So Jesus said, whenever you break bread, do this in remembrance of me. And whenever you drink the cup, we don't have a cup and I can't drink out of one of these, can I? Um, but whenever you drink the cup, do this in remembrance of me. So twice in those two verses, Jesus uses that word remembrance or remember. All the way through the Bible, remembrance is something that's incredibly important and incredibly significant. God was always telling his people to remember. So... Um, Many times in the Old Testament, God would say things like this. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What was he getting them to do? He was getting them to look back and remember that throughout their history, God had been with them, God had been for them, God had been faithful. Whenever he said that, remember Abraham, remember Isaac, remember Jacob. He was getting them to, to remind themselves that, that God had called them. God had given Abraham a promise. God had opened up Sarah's barren womb. God had promised that they would have their own land, that their descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. He was reminding them that they were his special covenant people. And many, many times he would remind them. He would get them to remember. Uh, so if you were a Jewish man, when you were a few days old, you would have to go through a rather painful procedure called circumcision. 
which was a permanent reminder in your body that you belong to God and that God had entered into a covenant with you and that you had entered into a covenant with God. If you read again the scriptures, the pages of the Old Testament, the Psalms, God would say things like this, remember when you were slaves in Egypt. Remember when I defeated your enemies. Remember when you came to the Red Sea and I parted it. Remember when I brought you into the promised land. It was like all these significant milestones in Israel's history. God was continually telling them, don't forget. Remember this. Remembrance is so, so important. If you think of all the feasts and the festivals um, that God told the Israelites to celebrate every year, what was he getting them to do? Remember. So every year they would have the, the Passover feast, which was a reminder how hundreds of years before, when they were slaves in Egypt, the Passover lamb had been sacrificed and the blood of the lamb had been put on the doorposts and they'd been redeemed, they'd been spared. Uh, they would have all these feasts, all these festivals as a time when they could remember that God had been with them, God had been for them, God had been good towards them. Um, in Deuteronomy 11, uh, God said to his people, remember all the words that I've spoken. Don't forget them. In fact, he even said, tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your forehead so that you do not forget. Remembrance is so, so important. In fact, you remember when, um, when God's people came to the edge of the promised land. And they're about to cross over the Jordan into their land of promise and their land of destiny. And God said, get some stones, one for each tribe, put them in the Jordan River and they will act as memorial stones. So that for generations to come, you will remember, you won't forget that you were slaves in Egypt, but I brought you out. I brought you through the wilderness. I brought you into the promised land. And these stones are a permanent reminder of everything that I've done for you. I think that's significant for us, that, that, that kind of uh, scripture as we go into a new year. Because as they were about to enter into this new land of promise, God told them to look back and remember everything that they'd done. This act of remembrance, it was like a bookend. The old was passing away, and they were entering into something new. And I don't know about you, but I, I think as we enter into a new year, as we enter into a new decade, there's something powerful about looking back and remembering God has been good. God has been faithful. God has been with us. God has been for us. Can you agree with me this morning? Uh, one of the most uh, well-loved Psalms, Psalm 103. Uh, how does that begin? Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Aren't they incredible promises? You've been healed. You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. You've been renewed. You've been restored. You've been crowned. God says, do not forget that. 
Remind yourself of that. And this act of remembrance is all the way through. Even in the New Testament, I think it's Peter who writes to, to, to one of the churches and he says, I was going to write to you about this, but actually I feel I need to remind you of this incredible salvation that you've got. I know you already know it, but you need to be reminded of it. God is always getting his people to remember. And here... The communion table is the ultimate act of remembrance. Jesus said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. What are we remembering? We're remembering that we're loved. Come on, someone. For God so loved the world, that he, he so loved you, that he gave Jesus. That's what we're reminding ourselves of. We're reminding ourselves that we are valuable, that we are precious, and that God thought that you were worth dying for. We are reminding ourselves that his blood has washed us and cleansed us. His blood has made us righteous. His blood has given us a brand new start. We're reminding ourselves that by his stripes, we are healed. We're reminding ourselves that we are forgiven. We are reminding ourselves that we are free, that we have been restored, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're reminding ourselves that we are saved, that we are born again. That we have eternal life. We are reminding ourselves that we have been saved not by works but by grace. We don't need to strive. We don't need to do anything in our own strength. We are resting in his finished work this morning. He has triumphed. He has overcome. It is finished. That's what we need to be reminded of this morning. We're remembering that we are children of God that we are sons and daughters, that we are blessed, that we are called, that we are chosen, that all things are passed away, that all things have been made new. We are reminding ourselves that God is with us, that God is for us. We are reminding ourselves that Jesus is alive, he has overcome, that death has been defeated, that Satan has been stripped of his power, that he has a name above all names, that he is the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords. We're reminding ourselves that he has given us his spirit. We're reminding ourselves that with him all things are possible. We're reminding ourselves that he is a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. We're reminding ourselves that he is always good. He is always faithful. We're reminding ourselves that Jesus is coming again, that the kings of this earth will pass away, but his kingdom will go on and on forever. We're reminding ourselves that he is a faithful God. He is a good God. He is a good, good Father. And we are His dearly loved children. We could go on and on and on, couldn't we? All the things, and that's just general stuff. We can, let's be reminded of the, the answered prayers, the times when God has come through for us, the times when he's provided, the times when he's done miracles, the times when he's healed, the times when he's been faithful. Why does God continually need to remind us 
of stuff. I don't know about you, but there is some things that we just should never forget. If I were to say to you uh, this morning, what's your birthday? I'm sure pretty much all of us can remember. If I were to say, what's your, your spouse's birthday? That might, might be a little bit more tricky, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you can remember. Hopefully you can remember where you put your car keys. Hopefully you can remember your passcode on your phone or your PIN number on your debit card. We make a point of reminding ourselves of these things. Why? Because they're important. You may be here today, you may have been married 30 years, 40 years. And yet for many of you, I'm sure you can remember your wedding day like it was yesterday. Why? Because it was important. It's significant. Some of you, you've got children, maybe even your children have got children, and yet you can remember when they were born. Why? Why do we make a point of remembering these significant moments? Because they are significant. They're important. I don't know about you, but there is no more significant moment in history than the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So why would Jesus tell us that we need to remember it? I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be a little bit annoying when you know you're not going to forget something and yet you're continually being reminded not to forget it. Yes, I am going to put the bins out. I've been reminded six times. I'm going to do it. It's okay. Laura's not here. I've checked. Although there is a live stream, isn't there? God reminds us because he knows what we're like. He knows that we do forget really easily take for example the disciples here Jesus has, has told them before he went to the cross the last thing he did he gathered them together he said I'm gonna die and in three days I will rise again he made that pretty clear he told them several times so they wouldn't forget then he gathered them together and he said whenever you meet together do this in remembrance of me and so the first time that they gather together after Jesus has said this is just three days later. And what are they doing? Are they remembering Jesus? Are they excited about the fact that Jesus has, has done what he said? He's going to be resurrected. Are they expectant for him turning up? No, the Bible says that they were filled with fear. With the doors locked for fear of the Jews. They're stuck in this prison of fear because they failed to, to remember what Jesus said and what Jesus said he would do. We fear when we forget. The failure to remember always results in remaining trapped in failure, hopelessness, and disappointment how quickly we forget 
Have you ever been in church? Praise and worship's going on. You've, you've been singing. God is a good God. God is a powerful God. God is for us. We're victorious. Jesus has triumphed. Jesus has overcome. And then sometimes you've not even got in your car. And you'll be, you'll be reminded of some problems, some circumstance. And you'll get a text message, a phone call. And it's like your whole world has collapsed. And the very words that you were singing just an hour before, totally forgot. Or maybe you've been listening to a preach. Maybe Jared's been preaching on righteousness. Grace, it was a good one. And he's been preaching that the blood of Jesus has washed you and cleansed you. That you're saved not by your righteousness, but by his righteousness. That you are secure in him. You're at rest in the finished work of Christ. He has made you holy and righteous. All your mistakes have been washed away. You're a new creation. And you've come up to him at the end. You said that was incredible, Jared. You've tweeted about it. Hashtag never be the same again. And then... <laughs> And then literally, you've not even left the building. And you've been reminded of some mistake that you made. And suddenly it's like, I'm such a loser. I'm so pathetic. I'm the worst Christian ever. And it's like literally five minutes before you were listening to the sermon, you were armening it. You were taking notes. You were tweeting about it. And you've forgotten how quickly we forget it's like Twitter, number one trend on Twitter, January the 1st, was New Year, the roaring 20s, the start of an incredible decade. Three, January the 3rd, number one trend, World War Three. <laughs> it's like all that expectancy and hope in two days finished. Communion anchors us. In hope and confidence and faith because it is a permanent reminder of who God is, of who Jesus is and of what Jesus has done. So here are the disciples trapped in a prison of fear and Jesus turns up and what does he say? He shows them his hands. He shows them his side. What's he doing? He's saying, remember. Remember I died for you. Remember I shed my blood for you. Remember I said it is finished. That was only three days ago, guys. Remember how I said this was going to happen. I said I was going to die. I said I was going to rise again. Here I am. Remember. This morning is a powerful opportunity to remind ourselves of all Jesus has done and all that Jesus is. As we look ahead to another year and another decade, let's look back for a moment. Is there anyone here God has not been good to? Is there anyone here who God has not been faithful to? Is there anyone here that God has not been with them? The answer is no. Who's got a testimony this morning? 
that God has been good? Who's got a testimony that God has been faithful? Who's got a testimony that God has been with them? That he's a promise-keeping God. And the next time we're tempted to retreat into a place of fear and panic and insecurity and guilt and shame, let's remind ourselves of all that he's done and all that he is. Now here's a remarkable thing. As Jesus shows them his hands and his side, he's saying, remember the cross. Remember what I did. And then he does this. And he breathes upon them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Here's almost what, like what was happening. As they looked back and remembered the cross, God was moving them ahead into a new dimension of the Spirit. As they were being reminded of their previous God encounters, God was propelling them into a new God encounter. There is something about remembrance in the Bible that doesn't just cause us to look back with nostalgia, but actually moves us forward into a new encounter with God. So the Bible tells us that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit, a prophecy. That as we testify about all that he has done in the past, we are prophesying he's going to do it again and he's going to do even greater things. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. As we give thanks for all that he's done, we enter into a deeper awareness of his presence. As we look back and remember the cross, he breathes upon us his Holy Spirit. Um, let's just look at one more scripture together. Um, Psalm 42, just turn there. So every act of remembrance is an invitation into a fresh encounter with the one that we are remembering. Because here is the unique thing about the Christian act of remembrance. The one that we are remembering is here with us. Who knows, acts of remembrance are not, un are not unique. We have remembrance Sunday every year. Sometimes at sporting events, people will wear black armbands. They're remembering someone that's died. Sometimes there'll be a minute's silence. Why, why do people go to funerals? Because it's an act of remembrance. But communion, the Christian act of remembrance is different. It's unique. The one that we are remembering is here with us. This is not a dead memorial stone. This is not a religious feast or festival like Passover was or the Day of Atonement was. The one that we are remembering is alive. He's here. He is breathing upon us by his Holy Spirit. He invites us to gaze upon him. He is in our midst saying, peace, shalom. 
be whole, be made new, be at rest to every one of us. And in Psalm 42, it's the testimony of a backslidden believer. You just look through these words. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. People say to me, where is your God? I used to go leading the procession to the house of God. I used to uh, give shouts of joy and thanksgiving. Why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? My soul is downcast. This is a, this is a guy who used to be a worship leader in the house of God. He was a man of the spirit, a man of the presence. But now he's in that place where he's spiritually dry and empty and burnt out. You ever been there? But notice what he says in verse 5. Therefore, I will remember you. And his mind goes back and he remembers the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the promises of God. And he remembers his God encounters and he remembers those moments of joy and intimacy and as he looks back and remembers, deep, calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. As he remembers all that God has done, the waterfall of God's presence crashes over his life, bringing revival, bringing refreshing, bringing renewal. As he remembers all that God has done, he hears the love song of heaven singing over his life. I don't know about you, but I think there's no better place that we could start 2020 as a church by being under the roar of his waterfalls. By allowing the presence of the Holy Spirit to come crashing down on all those dry areas, on all those burnt out areas. There's no better place that we could be than Jesus breathing upon us, his Holy Spirit. There's no better place than having heaven sing a love song over our lives. There's no better place that we could be than in the presence of Jesus and him speaking over us. Peace be unto you.